Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use. I'm Ann Baldwin, and guess who's sitting across from me? Hello there. Miss Tracy Knight is here. That's right. Tracy <laughs> and I, um, we're really looking forward to a very informative show, and I know that you're going to love what we're talking about. Well, as we mentioned, we're going to give them something to talk about, Tracy, and we're so thrilled to have um, the expert because it, for this particular topic, you and I are going to add our own real-life experiences to this, but it's always good to have somebody who who actually has studied this and who does this um, as a profession. So we want to welcome Pamela Wilson. Um, she's with us. And Pamela, you've got so many initials behind your name that I'm not even going to give it an attempt to to explain what all those are. I'll let you do that. But the main point here is that Pamela specializes um, with aging, caregiving, and health um, for the elderly. And that really is what we're going to talk about today. Um, unfortunately, Pamela has lost um, both of her parents, a brother and a sister. So it sounds like, Pamela, this is something that's very close to your heart. And I know by your website... You give so much great advice, and we'll kind of dig into that here today. So thank you for being on the show. It's my pleasure. And just, you know, quickly, the initials behind my name, I do have a lot of education. I'm a certified senior advisor. I'm a certified guardian. And that really plays into the 20-plus years of experience that I've had caring for people one-on-one. Yeah, and it's a lot. And I got to tell you, today is the, excuse me, the one-year anniversary of the death of my father. One year today. And, um, you know, I thought it was going to be a sad day, but it, it, it is, I want this to be a day of reflection because um, exactly what we're talking about here, the year where his health really declined and I was fortunate to keep him right down the street in his own home was probably one of the hardest years of my life. And, and Pamela, that's what I'm hoping that you can talk about because I know that Tracy too, you've been in the same situation. Absolutely. Yeah. It is hard. And I, like you, I still remember... For some reason, the days that the anniversaries of my parents' death, even if I'm not thinking about it, something will pop in my head and there'll be a memory of my dad or my mom. So I I empathize and I'm so sorry for your loss. Well, thank you. But, you know, and and I look at it this way, that it was really a blessing because it's probably because of COVID. A, I just don't think he could continue to live with this pandemic that we're dealing with. And B, the fact that hospitals are so full and health care is stretched to the hilt I was able to keep him home, and, and he passed at home in peace and, and surrounded by people. 
and for me that that makes me smile that makes me that makes me happy you know I, I think um, Pamela you know one of the hardest things and I, I wish I had known you at that point to ask you for this um, I feel like I, I spent most of my life um, as a caregiver um, for my mom who had pulmonary hypertension um, and lost her battle unfortunately back in in 2011. And, you know, it was difficult. It was difficult growing up like that. It was difficult um, once I had my own family and juggling that that uh, caregiver uh, role uh, with, you know, also trying to maintain your, your life at home. And I think that the hardest thing for me is when she passed, besides the fact that she was my best friend in the whole world, um, I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore because, I mean, even though obviously I knew I was still everybody's mom and, you know, my husband's wife. and But yet I felt like, oh, my gosh, like, what do I do now? And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are the same way. There are a lot of people. And, and regardless of how old you are when your parents pass away, I was 35, mm-hmm. you feel orphaned. Mm-hmm. And, and if you were in that caregiving role for a long time, you may have been a caregiver and a husband or a caregiver and a wife or a mm-hmm. caregiver and a child. You do feel lost because you, you have this gap in your life that you now have to fill. And so many caregivers, their lives are interrupted. They're trying to care for parents and do a career and, and take care of their children. And mm-hmm. it's so difficult to manage. It is. It is. And I think there's no, uh, you know, kind of re-entry back into a, a normal lifestyle after that. There's no real instruction on, on how to do that. I think it just takes, you know, time and, and um, you know, just good support systems behind you, you know, to try to help you through kind of the the loss as well. You right. Know? You know, I was going through my calendar because, you know, I cooked for my father. I went over there. I cleaned his place. I, mean, I, I got to the point where I pretty much, you know, did everything. So it's consuming. And, you know, fill those little pillboxes every week. Make sure, you you know, you know the, the responsibilities that come with that. Uh, but you're right. You're right, Tracy, because there's such a void, you know. And I think both you and I at least have the flexibility that, you know, we work for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine working for an employer when my dad would call and say, you know, this just happened or I need this or, you know, and I could I could leave work or I could run right. to his house and be there in a matter of five minutes. So what is your best advice, Pamela, for folks you know, how, what do you tell people when it gets to that point where you're trying to, you know, really juggle everything and, and keep it in perspective? Because I used to get mad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it. You know, what's he want now? Every time the phone rang, my blood pressure, I think, just rose. So what's your best advice when it comes to that, Pam? Ola. So in all things, so two things, when you're a caregiver and also when you're trying to regain your life, it's a routine. You know, there's so much to do and you have to focus on what's, what's most important. You know, are you going to get mad that your mom is upset about, you know, you bought the wrong brand of peanut butter or is her health more important? So you have to prioritize kind of like triage. What's most important? What can I let go? You know, what's really important? It's important that I love my mom. Can I set this anger aside? Can I set the resentment aside? But for caregivers, you've got to make time for yourself. And, and that's during caregiving so that you're healthy enough to take care of your loved ones and you're not angry and not resentful. And caregivers will say, oh, Pamela, I don't have time. And it's like, well, then you have time to be sick. You have time not to do a good job for your parents. You have time not to do a good job for your husband. You've got to find the time and find help outside of just you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, and then there's another, I I think, area of caregiving that's very difficult that I found. When my mom passed, I ended up taking care of my grandmother, which was her mother. I promised her I would kind of take over that role. And she had Alzheimer's real bad, real bad. 
And I, I watched it go down. I watched it spiral. And the most frustrating thing in the world for me, and I know I'm not alone in this, is I would spend as much possible time as I could. She actually had a facility that she was in very close to us. I mean, it was a gorgeous place. And I would go probably, you know, three, four hours a day at least, you know, in the beginning part and then right before bed because she had the sundowners. So I kind of wanted to be there to reassure her. I'd be there for a couple hours. But every single time I would go, she would call my aunt, which was her daughter in Vancouver and say, I haven't seen Tracy. Where's Tracy been? <laughs> she, she doesn't come to see me. How could she do that? And then my aunt would call and scream at me. I'd be like, you're kidding, right? Like I live there. <laughs> I live there. So, so what would you say to people that are going through that type of thing, especially when it comes to to patients with dementia and Alzheimer? How do you give yourself kind of that that you know break that? <laughs> <laughs> well, so your story is kind of like so. Caregivers will say, "Well, why doesn't this ever end?" And I said, "Well, caregiving never ends. First, it's <laughs> so your parents, then it's your grandparents, then mm-hmm. it's your spouse, and it's you. Mm-hmm. So, for people who are caring for people with dementia, you have to I call it verify everything, mm-hmm. but also you don't want to bring them to their reality. So, a couple examples: I had a client this week, loved ones in a care community. And the nurse is arguing with this person's father about whether he, the fact that he works or not. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. You say, you know what, John, I'll get you to work tomorrow. We have to do this first. Right. So for family members on the outside, I really do suggest taking some kind of education or learning about Alzheimer's and how to say, well, you know, if, if somebody says that you didn't show up, say, oh, well, you know, I'm sure they'll show up tomorrow. They're looking for reassurance. They're not looking for you to, to like, you know, give them the facts all the time. Right. You don't want to, you don't want to re-question them. Yeah. Yeah. If Tracy didn't show up yesterday, well, you know, I'm sure she'll be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then if they want to call you, fine. But (laughs) but you don't want to upset the person. You want to just ease their, their anxiety. Right. Right. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Pamela Wilson and uh, Pamela specializes in the field of aging, caregiving and health. Um, and you've also got an online caregiver course. I think that something like that, I wish I had had a guide. You know, the the only guide I really had was once the hospice nurses came in, um, you know, I was getting frustrated that my father wasn't eating. He wasn't eating what I was bringing over. Mm-hmm. And I was so frustrated. But then the nurses said to me, you know, his body is shutting down. It's okay if he doesn't eat. Right. Don't force him to eat. Right. So that helped, you know, and, and that's where, you know, these guides and this information. So talk a little bit about some of the advice that you share in your in your, your online course. So the online course really is the A to Z of my life as a care manager, court-appointed guardian, medical financial power of attorney for, for hundreds of clients. And it's really how to manage the day-to-day of care for parents, how to maintain your sanity, how to manage work and caregiving. And if you bring in caregivers or if you're loved ones are in care communities, how do you manage that? How do you manage doctor appointments? And all of the things that caregivers don't know that can happen so that you can be prepared. So your example of wanting to feed your dad, you know, we see food as love. So we're feeding our loved ones and we're giving them love, but yet if they are in the dying stage, they don't want to eat and they don't want to drink. And so it's just that little understanding of, you know, these are things that, that might happen and things that you should be aware of, things that you can prepare for. Right. And the paperwork, I, that's so important. I didn't know about all these things. I mean, I have I have four siblings, but I'm the oldest, and my father has followed me around my whole life. I'm from where you are, Pamela. I'm from Colorado, and it just, it just worked out that way. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I, I'm still mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. 
Um, but, you know, I was it. And I just felt, you know, people around me would say, stop. You need to stop. You need to take care of yourself. But when it's your parent, right? Um, whether you had a great relationship with that parent or you didn't, I feel it's still our responsibility. And nobody could talk me back from that. Nobody. I hope my children are listening right now, all of them, and realize that <laughs> that is how it should be. <laughs> how about I bought a big enough house that uh, my bedroom is actually on the first floor. And I said, as I get older, I got you guys this house. You can stay here. No problem. Okay. I'm willing it to all of you. I said, just wheel me down the hallway to my room. <laughs> Make me my little meals. <laughs> Hey, but, you know, we laugh, but, you know, at least you have a plan and you've had that conversation. <laughs> you know, Pamela, that's also important, isn't it? That we should really have these conversations while we're all well and, and our minds are sharp. It is so important, and, and thanks for bringing that up. I did a li- I did live stream. This is why I did a live stream last week for caregivers, and it was all about how to talk about your parents to get them to make a plan. Because, for example, some of our parents, you know, our grandparents may have died in their 50s or 60s, so our parents didn't think they were going to live that old. They didn't think they needed a plan or didn't need to talk to us as children to say, will you care for me when I'm older? And the important thing is to talk about money and how to pay for care and what do you want for care? Do you want life-sustaining treatment? Because people today don't realize the cost of health care because health insurance pays for it, right? Once you pass 65 and you're on a limited income, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. And the cost of in-home care and care communities, Mm -hmm. and it would be shocking to most people that it's, you know, $50 an hour or $10,000 a month. And these are the conversations we have to have today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, and you know, I I was in a situation where my father had no assets. He had no money, right? And so then, you know, after he passes, I'm thinking, now what? Because he was here really a transplant from Colorado, and there were, you know, what do you do now? Do you have a service? Um, do I have him cremated? All these different decisions about then what? And, and then the financial piece, all the paperwork that you've got to fill out. It's a lot. It's a lot for somebody to have to deal with that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I think that's why those conversations, like, for, for example, my father and I had the conversation that if he got bad, he did not want to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So when the hospice nurse got to the house and I was there, she said, you need to call the ambulance. Um, And he refused. And I said, no, he's not going. And they looked at me like I was crazy. But I said, that's his wish. That's what we have talked about. I'll take care of him for the next. It was only a week. But I did that. And I'm so, so grateful that I did. And that's why today's not a sad day for me. It's actually a happy day. I'm just grateful that everything worked out the way it did. And he's in a better place. We know that. Well, and it does make you feel better when you can follow the wishes of your parents. And, and let's talk about the money thing for a minute. So if, if people have parents who don't have money, who didn't save, you want to be proactive and start learning about what Medicare pays for, how to access Medicaid, which is the low-income program. And, and what you didn't know is, I mean, if you get your parents on Medicaid, you can actually prepay, if they have any money, a burial or a cremation plan. So when they pass away and they don't have money, it's already paid for. Well, that's nice to know. Yeah, and, and just looking into that, and you're you're so, when they pass, you're so emotional, and there's so much going on that if you've pre-planned this, like you mentioned, Pamela, take so much pressure off. So I decided my father wanted to be cremated. So I called an area um, nursing home, and they came, and they sat with me. And it was, it was thousands and thousands, not thousands and thousands, but it was thousands of dollars. And then I saw this Cremation Society of America, if you become a member, it's just a portion of that. And so I'm like, wow, that's perfect because I was paying for it, right? So it just, right. it worked out, it worked out perfectly. But I got a funny little story real quick. 
So my my sister in Colorado, I have his ashes um, in a beautiful container in my home. And my sister in Colorado says, I really like some of dad's ashes. So um, they've got the store where you can buy things like a necklace to yes, put yeah. ashes in. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yes. I, I buy her this necklace for Christmas. And then I'm like, okay, that means now I have to open up dad's ashes and dig into them and put some in this necklace. <laughs> you know what? I couldn't do it. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I, oh. I just couldn't do it. So anyway, we always see 333. My sister and I, that's our sign. That's our sign that dad's around. So I got her a nice necklace with 333 engraved on it. That was my my other options. So, so many things to think about, so many things to go through. And, you know, the fact that you are really, you know, guiding people, not only caregivers, but, um, you know, family members, right, Pamela? Because we all yes. need, we all need some advice, whether you use it or not. So yeah, I, I talk to people all over the country through um, either telephone or video phone calls. I do consultations and help them with anything from A to Z about guardianship to power of attorney to how do you pay for burial plans to my, my parents in a community and they're not getting the care. Really anything I can address because I've done it for people. Pamela, I have a question for you. Um, I, I, I actually was reading it on this sheet and it talks about um, basically taking care of a loved one from afar, from a distance. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of advice would you give somebody about managing um, the care of a loved one from a distance? Um, so if you can obviously go to where they live and set up a lot of things. So what you want to have is somebody that you can contact. You know, and it depends on how, how sick they are, how much care they need. But, you know, is there a family member in town you can contact? Is there a neighbor? Is there somebody local that you can contact and say, hey, can you check on my mom or dad? You know, they didn't call today. There's also, though, a lot of amazing technology, if your parents are willing to allow it, that you can put in their home to do video calls or to know whether they got up this morning because they walked by this, this beam in the mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much technology that allows you to take care of your parents from afar. And if you can become their medical and financial power of attorney, you can pay their bills, you can talk to their doctors. So the, the more that you talk about this and plan, the practicalities of, you know, what if something happens? I need access to your bank account. I need to talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. I need to know somebody locally or hire a local care manager. The more that you can set that up before the emergency happens, the easier it is when something happens. You know, and that brings up a point. So my father lived on the top floor of a two-family, and he had the chairlift that we put in eventually. He lived there for a while. And the beauty of that was the the owner of the home lived downstairs, a wonderful woman, Diane. So if I had a question or if I had an emergency, um, I could call her if I was at work and, and she could check and she could look into things. Or if she heard something upstairs, she would call me and say, I just heard a loud, loud bang. I just want to make sure your dad's okay. What a peace of mind, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're near or far, just to have that outreach. I mean, it's a little bit of an inconvenience for those other people. But, you know, in this case, she understood. And I thank God for her because it just it took a little bit of pressure off what, I, what we're dealing with. Well, and a lot of people don't mind. There are amazing people out there who will help their neighbors. Uh, truly, I've, I've experienced it. I've spoken to people who, who take care of people that aren't even their family members. Right. I used to actually always, you know, kind of sit there and say, I'm an only child. So I was like, wow, this is tough because, you know, it all fell on me. But it's funny because I've talked to a bunch of people who were, you know, in the same situation as me but did have siblings. And they're like, listen, Tracy, guess what? (laughs) Even if you have siblings, it's typically one particular Mm -hmm. that's kind of – always one that becomes a caregiver. (laughs) Right, right. Well, you know, in in my my siblings' defense, I mean, they are – my brothers in Germany and, and, you know, Colorado, so they are far away – but then was after the passing, then looking around, especially, you know, in this situation where he rented an apartment mm-hmm. 
And now what? What do I do with all his stuff? Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. It was so overwhelming. And that's really where my, especially my brother came back from Germany to help me for two weeks to, to clean out his place. But I'm still in the midst of, I just took everything that I thought, you know, that he loved and it's sitting in my basement. And now my next step is, what do I do with these records? What do I do with these antiques? What do I do with all this stuff? Well, and did he tell you what he wanted done with it? Oh, yeah. He wants, you know, his antiques were, I want the kids to have this. I want you to have this. Um, you know, the records, you know, don't give them away. And there's 500 million of them. And there's these antiques that, I'm sorry, you love them, but guess what? Nobody else does. Right. And that happens a lot. You know, we, we think that our, our things have so much value. You know, and I, you know, we had to recently move my mother-in-law from an independent apartment to assisted living. We found places to give the things away. So in Colorado, there's this thing called free cycle. You know, so things like sewing scraps, and I mean, there are people that really want these things. You can list them on Craigslist or whatever. People will come get them. Yeah, you know, so they're hard. They're value to someone, right? But it is hard to give away. You've got to keep something, even if. So my sister, my dad passed away. My sister has his little shaving kit and a picture of him when he was a uh, in the World War II. She has a bottle of my mom's perfume. She kept three things. So you just keep something that that you know warms your heart and you give away everything else. Yeah. It took me about 10 years. It really did. It, it, it really took me 10 years to really declutter and separate and part with. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of, it's funny because what happened, well, not funny um, at all, but my family members sort of passed. I had my entire family. So probably seven of them, I think it was within seven year span. And that was my immediate family. And everybody's stuff came to me. And, you know, I was close with all of them. So it's kind of like, oh, like parting with those things is really difficult. Yep. So what you just said, Pamela, is probably like it's very helpful to know that like you have to kind of sit there and really say to yourself, look, you know. Mm -hmm. Or have, have somebody help you because yeah. you are attached to it. You, you know are. the sentimental yeah. value. Mm -hmm. But to have somebody that gets it, that just kind of coach you through it, yeah. Um, I think that's what I'm going to do next. I just got to find one. <laughs> um, so, so, Pamela, what what is your um, information? How can people reach out to you? Um, you've got some great information on your website as well. Where can they go? So, website is Pamela, the letter D like dog, Wilson dot com. I'll give out my phone number. It's three zero three eight one zero one eight one six. There's a lot of information on my website. You can also, so caregivers ask me questions, and I do videos on my YouTube channel, mm -hmm. which is my name also. So all of the things that we've talked about, you know, how do you, how long does caregiving last? What do I do with my parents? What if my siblings don't want to be helpful? There's little short videos on, on my YouTube channel and my Facebook page on all of those because that's where I do a podcast, too. All these ideas come from the caregivers that I talk to and the caregivers that I counsel. Yeah, and and, so, th and things change, you know, and, and the world is changing. So so doesn't the advice. You know, you can't go back and read an old book because things are so different. So I kind of want to leave this uh, conversation on a positive note. So, um, you know, I mentioned that I had to pay for his cremation, my father, a year ago today. And um, then about three months later, I opened up this envelope, and it, you know, because I was the... I was in charge of the estate, not that he had one. But anyway, I got a, uh, a check, a check for $6,000, $6,800. 
um, because he had worked for the state of Connecticut and he had some money coming. So that was the blessing, right? That was my dad saying Mm -hmm. here, sorry, you had to pay, you know, to have me cremated, but here's a little money, share it with your siblings if you want. So I did, I gave, you know, each kid and grandkid a little bit of the money. And, um, so that's kind of, that's another reason why I'm just, I'm just kind of blessed that everything happened the way it happened. It's not a bad thing for me. It's a good thing. And and that was the blessings in my life. You know, people will look at me and say, oh, my gosh, you lost your parents, you lost your sister, you lost your brother. I'm like, yes, but it opened up this whole new world for me where I've been able to help thousands of people through these things because I've experienced them myself and mm-hmm. I've done them professionally. Right, and, and that people want real-world advice. You know, even when I talk to people about recovery, because I'm in recovery, because I've gone through it, it gives you that credibility that people really want and really need, and uh, and you've lived it. So what's your kind of your final piece of advice for our listeners before we let you go, and thank you for being on the show today? Um, what do you think we should think about or start talking about? You know, talk about this in your families, and I'm going to go back to your sibling mention. If you have children and they're young children and, and our age, talk to them and say, look, we, I don't want you guys to judge each other. When I need care, if one of you can be the caregiver and one of you can't, don't argue amongst yourselves because that happens in families. And I was talking to a client last week who said, oh, my gosh, my children are, are arguing about, you know, if they can care for our, our grandparents. And you don't want the divisiveness in your family. Talk about caregiving. Talk about who can do it. Talk about the realities. And really make sure your children know what you want so that they're not arguing about it. Yeah, and talk about the money, too. I mean, I see so many families. I was almost grateful that my dad didn't leave me anything because there was nothing to fight over. I mean, that's 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 a a huge problem. I see it all the time. It all gets spent on legal fees. It it divides families. It It divides families. Yeah, and so yeah, even a huge problem after death when children contest the will because they didn't, you know, because one of them got more than the other. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just not it's not worth it. It really isn't. You spend more on lawyer fees than you do, you know, in the end. And like you said, it's divisive, it is. and that's a t- mm-hmm. at a time really when you should all be coming together. Coming together. All right. Well, Pamela D. Wilson. That is how you can find her on social media. She mentioned she's got YouTube videos and um, also some courses you can take. Some good advice. You're a keynote speaker, I know, at a, at a number of events when you're invited. Um, so thank you again for sharing your wisdom and, and your great words with our listeners today. Pamela, we appreciate it. Thanks, Pamela. And Tracy, thank you so much for the opportunity. And th- thank you. <laughs> and speaking of thank yous, <laughs> thanks to all of you for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.